Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Wonderful, wonderful. What a great day it is. So much excitement here. You can actually just experience the presence of the Lord in a whole fresh way. And uh, so, so good to be together as family. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to what the Lord's doing. This is a wonderful season. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you, take advantage of that opportunity on Good Friday, you know, as we come together on the 2nd of April. And uh, we're going to have two opportunities. You can be part of one of them. And it's going to be a time of extended flowing worship and communion. Just going to be so, so good. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you, you're able to join us for that. And, you know, that's one of the most extraordinary things about gathering together. You know, the preaching's sort of okay. Thanks for that. But it's the gathering with God's people and it's the uniting of our voices together in worship. And, uh, and I think that that is just one of the things that we've been missing the most during this time. And uh, so take advantage of opportunities where, where there are, you know, those kinds of times when we can gather together and uh, we, can, we can worship the Lord. So, yay, looking forward to, to being together in, in, uh, in His company. Yay. All right. So... We've been looking for the last little while uh, at various valleys and so on, and I want you to know that the valleys are coming to an end. A couple of amens there. All right. And, and basically, this whole journey started because of you know, Isaiah 40 and, um, and the Lord saying that the mountains would come down, <clears throat> pardon me, but that the rivers, oh, sorry, that the, the valleys would be raised up, would be filled up. And what I want to actually talk about this morning is one of the ways in which those valleys actually get filled up, and it gets filled up with the river of God. Woo, anyone excited about that? All right, so we're going to look at the valley of the Acacias, and um, you're going to find this in Joel chapter 3, and um, you know, Joel's just a great prophetic book. It's talking about the restoration, people coming out of exile, all these different things that the Lord's going to be doing. We know from chapter 2, there's the whole um, uh, prophetic word about in the last times, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Yeah, so that we, we kind of, oh yeah, yeah, we know that one. And uh, then it goes further into... Uh, chapter 3, and begins to prophesy about what God's going to do as uh, the river of God begins to flow and it goes into the, the valley of Acacias. Now, as you, you're turning to, to that particular scripture, you know, the whole thing about an acacia, and we know all about acacia trees here in, in Africa. Hallelujah. Yeah? And uh, basically, Acacias thrive or they grow in places that are dry, so in wilderness, dry places. And so there's a context in which the Lord is releasing this prophetic word that we would understand what he's intending to do. It's not like, you know, the Lord is unintentional about what he does. No, God is a God of very clear intention. You know, when he made the heavens and the earth, and he put everything in the earth and on the earth. God was very intentional. Yeah, so you don't need to panic that we're going to be running out of resources. Yeah, 
as though God did not know how many people he was going to create. As though he made a mistake in his calculations and so he only put a, a limited amount of resource on the planet and oh my goodness, you know, we caught God by surprise and we had, you know, we had more children than, than he was able to take care of. I mean, that is just crazy thinking, yeah? So don't buy into that kind of stuff. Yes, we want to be good stewards. Yes, we want to look after the planet because he's put us here and he's put us here on purpose, okay? And in a few weeks' time, I hope to, to be able to pull through some of these themes as to God's original plan and purpose right from the very beginning when he made Eden because it starts in a garden and guess what? It ends in a garden. So God's got a plan and a purpose and so we need to be good stewards of that which he's entrusting to us and we've actually got a mandate so let's get on with it, right? A few heads nodding, fantastic. All right. And so when God creates things, he does things very intentionally. And so when he releases prophetic words, as he does here through Joel, it's very intentional in terms of the descriptions and, and what God is including and what he's saying, what he's communicating to us, that we could actually get an understanding of, of the, the full message that he has for us. And so the acacias is a place where there's wilderness, it's dryness, it's barrenness. And many of us have actually experienced a season of dryness. You know, it's a, it's a year that we've been in lockdown. My goodness, that's a dry season. Yeah? And, and so we, we, we are acquainted with the kinds of things that the Holy Spirit's wanting to draw our attention to. These are the experiences of life. And, and so as he's speaking to us, He's encouraging us through this prophetic word that no matter what the dry place in your life is, he's going to cause the river of life to flow to you. Isn't that awesome? I kind of already preached my message. We could go home now. Um, but I can, I can just, you know, fill it out a bit more. What would you like? Fill it out a bit more. The guys at home, they already said, that's it. They're... they're they're off. Okay. Well, it was, thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, you think we don't know. Guys, we, uh, we're very aware when you, when you log on and you log off. Yeah, we're watching you. And uh, I saw you put that extra spoon of sugar in your coffee. Yeah, watching you guys. So the valley of acacias, this dry place, was also the place where the people of God, kind of like when they were coming through out of Egypt, out of exile, that first big exile, and uh, they were going to go in to the, the promised land. They faced a test in this particular place, this valley. All right, In the Hebrew, it's called Shittim, but Acacia is the, the, the meaning of it because of the trees that grew in that place. And this is the place about 40 years later, where uh, Joshua, he sends the spies to go across and to check out what's going on. So we know that this valley is like the, the, the Jordan Valley. It's a dry place and it's opposite Jericho. 
And, uh, you know, so it's between the Dead Sea and Jerusalem. So in this place that's sort of a, a, a lower place, but a dry place, this is a, a place where God's people faced some tests. The first time, they didn't pass. The second time, they're kind of like, we are not going to make that mistake. Again, we're not going to go around for another 40 years of lockdown. And so they rose up and they said, we don't even care if they're giants in the land. We're taking this. We don't care if they're giants in the land. We're taking this. Right? And, uh, and so we appreciate the Lord's encouragement to us. You know, that even if we are going to go through the valley of giants, you know, we're making sure they're all coming down. Yeah, we've got, we got five stones in the bag. One for the giant that's in front of us and another four for his brothers. Yeah? And so the Lord knows the valleys we're in. But he begins to give us hope. Not he begins, he continues to give us hope. Because he wants us to come out of that valley and come into a place of refreshing, a place of renewal. I believe that this is a great season for us as the Lord's bringing us into a place of renewal. Now listen, they can bring on a third wave, fourth wave, fifth wave of COVID. doesn't matter because we're stepping into a season of renewal. So the renewal doesn't depend on whether there's COVID or not. Renewal is coming from God's presence. Okay? So, I think I've given you enough time to find Joel chapter 3. Which verse you ask? How prophetic are you? We'll start at verse 17. Verse 17 of Joel chapter 3. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. So this is a promise that this lockdown thing is coming to an end. The whole thing of the exile that the, the folks of, of, uh, of Judah and of Israel, the northern kingdom, remember the two kingdoms, the, the, the northern kingdom suffered under the Assyrians and they got carried off. And then some decades later, then the kingdoms of the south, Judah, Jerusalem, they got carried off and there were three waves. Remember that? Okay, and, and so they got carried off into Babylon. And so there were strong prophetic words uh, from Jeremiah. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for, for your good, plans to prosper you, right, to give you hope and a future. That was in the context of lockdown. Oh my goodness, God speaks so powerfully to us, even when we're in a narrow place, when we're in a valley, the Lord brings phenomenal revelation this is a time and a season of great revelation don't uh, don't miss out on what God's doing don't get ahead of yourself in the sense of I wish this was all over and we could you know run around and do whatever we want to do no this is a time if you like of, of some boundaries coming in around us that can narrow our focus and cause us to rely and lean on the Lord in a whole new way. You know, we can't make a plan. 
This thing's too big for us as individuals. So it encourages us to incline our ear to the Lord and to inquire of Him. Does that sound familiar? Of course, yes. Jehoshaphat was showing us that. And David was showing that. So we inquire of the Lord. We, in, we, we incline our ear to Him. And we're saying, Lord, what is it that we should be doing as we're facing this particular battle? The battle from last year is different to the battle this year. And the way out last year is different to the way out this year. And so we keep being led by the Spirit. We keep in step with Him. There is a way out. The Lord does have a solution for us. And He's giving us words of hope and comfort and of promise that are going to be like breadcrumbs if we follow them, Hansel and Gretel. If you follow them, you're going to get out of the woods. And so these prophetic words are to give us little clues as to how we to take the next step. How we to position ourselves that we don't remain stuck in this place of, of feeling, you know, we, we're trapped, we're locked down. We're free on the inside. All right? And by the power of the Spirit, we're going to cause freedom to come to people around about us. Okay. So... The Lord gives us amazing promise about Jerusalem, and we'll get to that again in the coming weeks. All right, really excited about some of the preaching that I know the Lord's just stirring up in my heart. Verse 18, in that day, the mountains will drip new wine, and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house, and will water the valley of acacias. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of the acacias. There's a great promise here that the Lord is saying from His presence, from His house, there's going to be a flow of living water that's going to come and going to cause life to flow. Hallelujah. Anyone excited about that? Verse 19, but Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste because of the violence done to the people of Judah in whose land they shed innocent blood. So there's going to be a, uh, a judgment that will come. So those who brought judgment on God's people, because they did it with such violence, they themselves will come under judgment. Yeah? So remember Habakkuk from some months back. All right, three people in the audience watched. Thank you. I'm so glad that you were tuning in when we were talking about Habakkuk. All right, remember Habakkuk was kind of like the prophet, kind of like, what's going on, Lord? You know, are you going to let the, the people of God carry on in their wicked ways? And God says, no, I'm actually going to bring a lockdown. I'm going to carry them off into exile. And God says, I'm going to use the Babylonians. And Habakkuk's kind of like, what on earth? How can you use the Babylonians? They're a terrible, wicked people. And then God says, don't worry, because of their own sin, they also will come under judgment. And then Habakkuk says, all right, okay, I'll station myself on the ramparts, I'll wait, I'll watch, I'll see. Lord, you, we've heard of your, your mighty deeds in the past, renew them in our day. Remember that? All right. And so we've got a similar theme here in Joel, where the Lord is saying, through the prophet Joel, so it's not just like one voice through Habakkuk, but now also 
through Joel. Those who've brought calamity on God's people, they themselves will come under the scrutiny of God. So you don't have to take vengeance. For those of you who've been really uptight about the State Capture Commission, for those of you who are taking extra blood pressure medication, and you've been so worried that these guys are getting away with, with, uh, with all sorts of stuff. So like, you know what? Leave it in the Lord's hands. Leave it in the Lord's hands. The Lord's speaking words of hope and restoration. Restoration comes from Him. He's the one who will bring justice. Fantastic. There's some justice processes that are happening in, in the legal system. And it, it seems that the wheels of justice turn very slowly. Okay, exceedingly slowly. Regardless, leave it to the Lord. Leave it to the Lord. Okay, we see the principles here in Scripture. God says, don't, don't worry. He's able to turn all things around. And even those who require the Lord's attention... He will give them the attention they deserve. You don't have to be God's helper. You don't have to play God's policeman. Does it make sense? So, verse 20. The promise again. Judah will be inhabited forever and Jerusalem through all generations. So shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. And here's the closing. The Lord dwells in Zion. Zion, it's, it's, it's figurative language. Yes, it does relate to a specific place. It's the place where his temple was established, where he put his name, where the people gathered to worship. And God says, I'm going to dwell in the place of worship where I'm worshiping with my people. But hallelujah, because of Joel chapter 3, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh... We now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We become Zion in that sense. The place of worship. Yeah? So we're, we're, we're mobile places of worship wherever we go. Emmanuel, God with us. I will never leave you, never forsake you. It doesn't have to be in a building. We're the temple. Hallelujah. All right. So, but this promise in verse 18, in that day the mountains will drip new wine, the hills will flow with milk, all the ravines of Judah will run with water, a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of Acacias. From God's presence will flow rivers of living water. A fountain, it springs up. We, we know that this is the same kind of language that the Lord has spoken through Ezekiel. So, do you remember we looked at the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel? That was chapter 37. And then in chapter 40, Ezekiel 
It's in a particular day of exile in Ezekiel chapter 40 and verse 1. It references that in a particular year, particular month, in the exile. And so during this time of exile, Ezekiel gets another amazing, incredible vision. He gets a vision about the temple of God. It's about the reestablishing and the rebuilding of the place of worship. And it starts in chapter 40 and keeps working until we get to chapter 47. And in chapter 47, Ezekiel has this encounter with this angelic being. It's the same thing that's been going from chapter 40. And now it's about the temple which has been rebuilt, been established. And now there is a fountain that begins to flow and the water flows from underneath the altar. And then it flows and it fills and it leaves the, the courtyard, the, the precinct area of the temple and begins to flow out and down to the Arabah, which is the, the Jordan Valley, which is where the Valley of Acacias was. And it keeps flowing and goes right down to the Dead Sea. The Valley of Salt. <laughs> All these valleys and the river of God starts from the place of His presence, the temple. And the further it flows, this, this angel together with Ezekiel, they've been measuring out. Uh, a cubit's about 400, uh, a thousand cubits is about 450 meters. So they go 450 meters, it's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and then it's too big. So a thousand, then another thousand cubits, another thousand cubits. About 450 meters in our, our measuring standards. And the interesting thing, as we've known before, the further you get from the temple, the deeper and the wider the river. Hallelujah. Yay. You see, if it was narrower and more shallow, you got further away from the temple, what's it going to tell you? If I want the river, I've got to go to a place, the temple. But now, if I want to experience the full flow of the river of God, it's actually not at the temple. The effect of reviving and revival is out there where things were dead. And the Dead Sea, Ezekiel 47, says the salt becomes fresh. And now all of a sudden, uh, Lisa and I, we were in the Dead Sea. Uh, this is many years ago. We were uh, a little younger then. And um, so we did our floating thing on the Dead Sea. And uh, it... it, it it's an unusual experience. Here you are about 400 meters below sea level. 
And uh, this, the, the, the density of the minerals and the salt is so intense that you actually can't sink. So you just float there. And they've got these special mud baths and you, all these minerals and it's really, really good for your skin. And one of the guys on the tour with us experienced an amazing healing miracle of his skin. As he put the mud on, he asked the Lord to heal him. So it was an action of faith. It was a prophetic action, but the Lord used that and healed him. Yeah. That place is barren. For, for this prophetic word, oh my goodness, in the natural, this is impossible, guys. It's dead, as we say here, dead, dead, dead. Nothing, nothing going on there. It's a horrible place. The, the banks and the cliffs and whatever around it, it's just barren. Nothing going on. But Ezekiel says the river, the river flows and is bringing life. It's changing everything so comprehensively that now there are fish there. And not just a few little fish, it's like great catches of fish. And the fishermen are throwing their nets on the, on the banks. And they're catching amazing great fish. Even better than what they found in the Mediterranean. This is awesome. And how about this? Instead of just being acacias, thorn trees, now we're getting all kinds of trees, hints of Eden, hello, all kinds of trees. And these trees, the crops don't fail, the fruit is continuous, and the leaves or for healing. Hello. What does this sound like? Of course. The end of the book. Oh my goodness. And so in all of this. The Lord is speaking words of hope and courage and comfort. That even though you're in a valley which is dry like the thorn trees. Because that's where they grow. The Lord's saying from his presence is going to flow a river of life. It's flowing from God and it's going to be released and it's going to touch things that were dead, situations that were impossible and he's going to turn it around. It's almost going to become unrecognizable the difference from what it was to what it's going to be. I don't know if you're excited about that. Okay. Now, Joel was prophesying partly about the restoration as they came out of the exile from Babylon. But we know that the Dead Sea is still there. So what does that tell us? This is still to be fulfilled. Yeah? 
Now, yes, you can say, yeah, it's metaphorical and, and so on. But I believe that, that there's something in what God is going to be doing. We may see it in the new heavens and the new earth. Where he makes all things new. We may only see it at that particular point. But prophetically what it's speaking of is the flow of the river of life. And it's flowing and it's bringing life. It's bringing refreshing. Where people were thirsty, parched, dying in the wilderness, there's a river that's bringing life. What's the dry valley that you've been facing? What, what's the challenge that, you know, I've just got thorns. Yeah? I'm looking for fruit and all I've got is thorns from the thorn tree. You know, there's some life, but it's not actually comfortable. What is it that you're facing that's causing you to lose hope? How about you just, you know, take that thing and say, Lord, this is my valley of the acacias. But I'm trusting that you would cause your fountain to spring up, to flow, to increase in flow. And the further that it flows, the more life it brings. Thank you, Lord, that you are turning things around. That I can have a positive expectation that life, fruitfulness, healing is coming. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. Come on, why don't we just go and look at, at Joel chapter 3 verse 18 one more time. See if I can find it here. In that day, the mountains will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. How many ravines? That sounds pretty encouraging. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of Acacias. Oh, let's drink to that. Would you stand? Let's pray. Let's pray. Just whatever it is that you're facing, just hold your hands out in front of you and hold that thing just prophetically. Whatever the dry thing is, say, Lord... I'm bringing this thing to you. Bringing this thing to you. Asking, Lord, that you would bring life to the things that were dry. Where there were just thorns. Where there was no fruit. Would you cause life, life to come? Would you cause healing to come? Thank you, Lord, that that river increases in intensity and depth 
and width, the further that it flows. Thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us about all parts of life and society being impacted and affected by this river. That it's not just amongst the gathering of God's people in the temple, but that you're causing the river to change things where we work, where we live, where we shop, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, that that river increases in intensity and that more life is being released. Thank you, Lord. It's a transformational action by the power of the Spirit that brings life. You bring dead things back to life. And what was the valley of dry bones comes alive. That which was the valley of salt now becomes a fertile field. Thank you, Lord, that trees begin to grow where there were no trees. Thank you that fruit appears where there was no fruit. Thank you, Lord, that you are restoring things. You take things from the desert and you cause it to become like the Garden of Eden. Lord, do that in our lives. Do that in our lives. So we lift our hands to you right now. We say, come Holy Spirit. Come River of God. Come and flow. Come and flow. Come and do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. You've done it in the past. We've seen your activities. We know what you've done for other generations. We also remember the deeds you've done for us in the past. We say, Lord, would you come and do it again for us today, this week. Bring a shift and a change. Start on the inside of us. Lord, let hope and faith and courage, let it arise within us in a whole new way this morning. Let faith be stirred up that we might trust you for new things, new beginnings, life to flow. Thank you, Lord. Times of refreshing, times of refreshing. Oh, hallelujah. Just begin to give Him praise. Just begin to give Him thanks. Lift up your hearts. Just praise Him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. Jesus, yes.